evolutionary.org podcast coming your way, episode 572. Today we're going to be reading as many comments as we can possibly get to and responding to them. So this is going to be part one episode. Part two will be 573, so you can check that out as well. But this is going to be really fun. We like to do this every couple years just to let you guys know that, hey, we are reading your comments. We do care about you guys. We are listening. So you can definitely find us on all the platforms out there and make comments, and we will read them. So let's just jump right into it, Mobster. Let's not waste any time. So the first one, uh, it's DK. HF6Zen, he says, such an awesome video. He's talking about the DECA video we did. He's like, I'm on a DECA cycle now. You guys just saved my ass. So for me, you know, this one is a, it's a situation where we do a video. We're spreading knowledge. You're running the DECA. We're doing a, a video on DECA. And basically, you're noticing a lot of the things we're saying in the video. You're able to kind of adjust your cycle, and you're able to get more out of your cycle that way. So that's really the the whole reason we do this podcast, Monsters, to help people better their cycles. So really glad to, that things are going well for you, brother. Um, another one, he says, very informative, good job. Uh, that's my better place to be. Um, there's another one, he says, great podcast, ready He's like, EQ profiles, since I heard you guys mentioning it a lot. That's by Slight Gains Z, uh, 6970. So, look, I, you know, we've covered Equipoise on several different videos. So, if you guys really dig um, on the podcast, we've done so many podcasts. Mobster and I have done so many podcasts. I've done so many podcasts before uh, Mobster came aboard. So I've talked, we've talked about EQ many, many different times. So, if there's a steroid you want to do, you could simply Google evolutionary.org and then put in EQ or evolutionary.org put on equipoise and the video will probably pop up um, or you can do it through the social media platforms come on the forum you can search that way as well so uh, so here's one mobster um, here's a question he uh, Jir Joe Sysis5108 he posed the question he says hello love your podcast I'm wondering if I use Jekka 500 milligrams per week how many weeks will it stay in my system after the last injection? I'm asking because I'm planning on using ACG for like a month after the last injection and then start PCT. Does that sound good? So, Mobster, you want to answer that question for him? Yeah. Um, the short answer is no. <laughs> in terms of what he's thinking, because, again, quite rightly, and bearing in mind some of the earlier comments, we put out the information. And here, here's my thought process, right? Because we love doing the podcast. I've done hundreds with Steve, and Steve's probably up in the thousands. Uh, so I would sometimes say the information's out there, guys, not just for us, but from, from, from everywhere. So I kind of wonder sometimes why, guys, and maybe it's just because they're new and they're coming in. And again, that's why we're providing the information and education. So you go, okay. You're going to do uh, DECA or EQ or whatever, 500 milligrams, fine. Uh, is it ideal for what you're doing? That's something you need to tell us, and we can't do that in a very simple question and answer that you've just given. So that there's that. Then uh, in terms of how long is it in your system, well, I always quite keep that very, very simple. So it comes down to the half-life. And in fact, Steve's given a calculation on some of the other podcasts where he talks about the half-life and, and then how long before it's not visible in your system if it was in the test, which can be a very long time 
in terms of the test and so on and so forth, but it's more to do with the effects on your body. And then I would probably get to that last part there, Steve, because that's to me, HCG is something that you and I have talked about quite a lot, uh, not something that we're over keen on and where it comes from and in our podcast on that specifically. And then finally, HCG and then a PCT doesn't make sense to me. Do it, do it properly. So I would, I think I would prefer them to other podcasts, Steve, or actually get them to come on the forums because we've got some great answers and specifically the PCT there. Back to you. Another one. Um, again, this is still on the Decca podcast. He says Proviron because I mentioned Proviron in this one to use it with an Androlone. He has his Proviron Mesterolone. Yes, yes, it is. So you got to remember with these steroids, the brand name is Proviron, but the actual steroid itself is Mesterolone. So when you see it being sold, you know your gym buddies selling it, or you see it on one of our uh, sponsored. Uh, one of our approved sources, they're selling it. It's going to be listed under Proviron, but really the steroid is Mesorolone. So that's that's basically how you know the difference. But look, everyone knows Proviron as Proviron. No one goes around calling Proviron Mesorolone. You see what I'm saying? So it is that is a really, really good question. Thanks for asking that. Hank the Ripper asked that one. Here's another one, a mobster for you. He's like, he says, I love DECA, very low dosage with my testosterone. How about you? Uh, do you agree with that or disagree? Yes. Uh, I love DECA, and I've said as much on many of the podcasts. And, of course, Sustanon is a combination of testosterones. Uh, so the short answer to that would be yes. Um, but, of course, other, other listeners, other users, and other people comment in might disagree. We all have things that we like. So what specific? So the next comment, Tommy C. Givern, it was yep. Tony Kerr who originally asked that. Then Tommy C. Givern responded, what do you consider low? So what yes. do you consider low, Mobster, when it comes to DECA? What's what's low and what's too low with DECA, really quick? Uh, I can only tell you what I have done and what worked really well in a combination of the Sustan on a DECA together was less than 700 milligrams a week. So, so you're talking about... 300 to 350 milligrams of each that seems to work very well for me that's low in the modern sense it used to be a lot less in the past Steve. last one on this one a dl vox 52222 asks why would you take anything that creates ed issues and i see that a lot so some of the some of the guys on the forums do that too monster i know you you have a strong opinion on this one right so um why do you take steroids? Why what, some steroids called baldness? Uh, one of the psalms can give you bad night sight. Other ones gonna affect your libido and so on and so forth. Some, but I think I think too. I think what he's getting at is DECA itself. Oh, it causes ED issues. Yeah, I, and right, I, so that doesn't happen with me. So go ahead. No, I, I actually, I was I, let me answer that on that. Then my personal experience is when I last took DECA, which would be when I was before I moved to Wales. I had the same libido, the same erection quality, whatever you want to get into, as off. So it made no difference to me. I think it's very much user-specific. And the obvious answer is if you have that issue, there are other forms of testosterone you could use. Yeah, and for me, like, I'm not having issues. I think a lot of the whole DECA thing, a lot of that is psychological because maybe one guy – had the problem, then another guy had a problem. They started saying it's amazing how these things. What, what, what about this, Steve? I'll just jump back in for yeah. a second. I might be massively fat, you might be massively lean, I might be incredibly old, you might be incredibly young. 
the variance is going to be there in the same reason why doctors would switch medications around that are not working for us to another medication that does work because we're not the fucking same. The only thing you and I are the same of is we're the same species and we're the same sex. I'm taller, you're shorter. So the person asking a question would need to be more specific than that. And that's how you do it if you was a doctor. It's the same when it comes to PEDs. That's the reason why we ask for that kind of information if we're giving follow, proper solid advice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, so, one, yeah. one more thing, Steve, sorry, yeah. and this is something you and I have covered on this podcast. So when we talk about dosages and stacks and whatever else, one of the things you and I especially recently have started to say is that when we're giving out this information and we talk about those things, we are generalizing. We're saying what will work for 90% based on the feedback from 100%. So if we have 100,000 users of performance-enhancing drugs, 90% are going to get the gains or the response or the side effects that you and I talk about. It's the 10% that don't, but we're really talking to the 90%. The majority of people are going to grow, the majority of people are going to lose weight and so on. That's how we can do it. If it wouldn't be more specific, then we need them to come on the forums and give them individual advice. So the next comment I want to talk, we want to discuss is from the T-Bowl video. And in this one, I'll bring you on, on this one, Mobster. It's me underscore Philippines says it was busted in Germany for the Olympics, not Russia. In the podcast, we talked about um, how it was the East German team and it was the Russians, you know, yada, yada. yada. So, Mobster, why don't you clear yeah. that up? I don't think yeah, people understand. Yeah, that's it. It's an easy one, Steve. Go it's ahead. Can you, can you, so, like, explain this to right. this guy? So, that's just that's communism. Being Russian is rubbish right there. First off, communism isn't Russian-specific as communism in China, for example. So East Germany versus West Germany. East Germany was the bit that was retained by the Russians at the end of the Second World War. West Germany and the rest of the planet was not. I mean, I'm oversimplifying political, geological, or geographical, geographical boundaries. But the, lo the long and the short of it was you had a Russian-backed country vis-a-vis -vis East Germany that was producing, I mean, I mean, you've mentioned this on the podcast, Steve, a Stasi, which is the state or secret police, I can't remember which it is, a Stasi reference number for the product that became Tyrannobol, T-Bolt. And this was produced specifically so that the Eastern, i.e. the communist-backed athletes, would kick American and or European first world ass. And it's as simple as that. If the guy wants to argue semantics and politics, he's welcome to. The reality is Tebow is an amazing drug that's highly regarded by gurus, including me and you when we do this podcast. It doesn't really matter how it came into being because most drugs, apart from Tebow, came into, into being to treat medical conditions. And we're not using them for those reasons. We're using them for big muscles and strong muscles and lean muscles and so on and so forth. So it's nice to know the history. And it's nice to have these kind of debates, but it's not really relevant. But I do like the fact that he's in there commenting, so come back at us again, by all means. Next one, Elite Pickle 209 says, Stack Mastron, this was on a Mastron uh, podcast we did, says, Stack Mastron for the AI benefits. If you get gyno on trend, it could help stop it. So you are right. Mastron is great as an anti-estrogen, but the thing is with trend, it doesn't cause aromatization of estrogen on trend. So the that would not actually help you on trend, but it does stack really well with, with trend. So I, I really like Masteron with trend. For those of you who are looking to recomp or looking to cut down or something or harden up, it re really makes a good stack with it. 
on, no, on that one, Steve. Sorry, on that one. Yeah. So I, 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 there's a lot of guys that don't like to use an AI at all on cycle until they have issues. Uh, and I'm not keen personally on the idea of using another steroid, a hardening steroid, in this case a Masteron, as an AI. We understand the mechanics and the chemistry, et cetera, et cetera. But guys, I would much prefer, and I've said this a million times, to use an AI from day one that wouldn't be Masteron. Uh, and I don't want to wait until I have got problems and then we can argue again the semantics when you're worried about your bitch tits. So I'd much rather be in an insurance policy, call it what you will. I'd rather play safe, low dosages and using the legitimate AI over Masteron. But that's just me personally. Back to you, Steve. So this is a good comment here about outer spacing. Um, Mobster, I want you to respond to it. I'll respond to it, though, as well. It says, I've tried trend once, not great results and bad mental sides. I don't think I took enough. I'm going to try it just one more time. This time I'll use trend hacks. We'll see. So let me comment on that, Mobster. And I'll let you comment. And this was on a Trembolone so. And listen, listen, um, at the end of the day, I've run plenty of cycles. I've had bad cycles, I've had good cycles. A lot of my bad cycles, you know, I just didn't have my head in the game. I was dealing with stuff with work. I was dealing with stuff in, with, with relationships. I was dealing with moves. I was dealing with all kinds of things that kind of interfere with my cycle. So don't just say, you know what? I ran trend once. I, you know, I, I didn't really like it. Let me just forget it or any any other steroid. You've got to try them at least a couple times just to get a feel for them. And look, at the end of the day, some steroids you're not going to like. And some steroids you're going to like. Some steroids you might like at 25 or 35, but you won't like them at 45. Like today, I would never run uh, Dianable. It just doesn't fit for what I was on a very active guy. Yesterday, I just went to the beach and literally walked an hour along the coast through the sand and did some running and stuff and did some swimming. It just doesn't fit my lifestyle to be to walk around bloated, you know, from, from the D-ball. But... When I first got into using anabolic steroids in my late twenties, because I was a skinnier guy, D ball was great for me because it could because I was able to bulk a lot on it, and I really really liked that. So don't give up on a steroid, and also change up your brand, change up your source. Maybe you just don't react well to that particular brand. Mobster, what's your comment on that? I've got two. Right, one is, and I touch on something you've just said: as we change, am I as skinny, lean, hard? Uh, is my cardiovascular ability as good as it was when I was younger? No. When I first started taking PEDs at age 37, I'm different now than I was then. Therefore, the way that a drug is going to work on my body is going to be different. But something stood out for me in the actual uh, listener's comment. He said, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, he had bad sides, including mental issues, on low dose, but wants to take more, Steve. So therefore, my first thought is, why would you want to take more of a drug that you didn't get as much benefit from in terms of muscular gains or strength that is actually probably going to give you even more mental issues, more stress, more anxiety because you want to up the dose? And that is assuming that all the other parameters are exactly the same, same age, body fat, you know, cardiovascular, yada, yada, yada. No, I, I would suggest that's a bad idea. Uh, it might also be ester-related, Steve. He might have used it as a salt acting ester. He might have, as you said already, have a bunch of other things going on at the same time. I would not want him to have a stressful job or stress in a relationship or whatever else, especially if he's going to up the dose on a product, and so a trend that gave him mental issues. To me, that's like you're asking for more 
mental issues because you want to take more Trent. There are other options. There are other PEDs. Choose something else. There are, just off the top of my head, Steve, 20 in the forms of esters and steroids and whatever else you can take, and hundreds, of course, originally steroids. So there are other options, different ways of doing things, a different stack, a different approach. And, of course, we can make sure that the rest of his life is all set. So that's the kind of advice that we give him. Again, if he came on the forums, are you stressed? Do you need to change your job? Do that. Then run the trend. Then try it. And it might even be 50 milligrams a week more or 100 milligrams a week more. And his, his diet might have been poor. So there's a million different factors. But right off the top of my head, the idea that you want to take more of a drug that gave you issues, no, it doesn't make sense to me. But like I said, there might be other factors that play. So next one on the Super Droll uh, podcast uh, got pretty popular. And there were... Uh, three comments that I cherry picked that I really uh, wanted to read. Um, the first one was, I remember this steroid, a lot of companies had it labeled as a pro hormone. This is from Treep95. And um, so, so super droll in, the, in America, I don't know how it was in Britain, maybe mobster, you'll, you can comment, but in America, 15, 20 years ago, you could buy super droll as a designer steroid. So it wasn't a pro hormone exactly, but it was a designer steroid. You could buy it with a credit card online and it was they called it different things uh, one of the names was bistrol was one of the names for it so uh, literally you could go online for like 40 50 bucks and buy a bottle of a super droll clone called bistrol or called something else that's crazy huh so you could be an 18 year old kid with a credit card and go on there and buy it that's nuts so you could see why they finally closed that loophole because it was causing a lot of problems with people. I can remember some kids were posting, like 18, 19-year-old kids were posting. They were using these designer steroids, and they had yellow eyes because they were getting jaundice. So very, very dangerous um, that they allowed it to be acquired so easily at the time. Um, another one is from Keith Lilly, 6242. And Mobster, you might want to comment on this one. I'll let you, I'll let you crack, take a crack at this one. He says, if you run Superdoll uh, for only three to four weeks, it makes it tough to break major plateaus. And he's talking about plateaus when it comes to strength. Um, because once you start, you have to come off, or most people do. It's not the best drug because on for two weeks, it starts kicking in, and week four, you're ready to come off. So not an ideal, he says, not an ideal addition to a cycle for me. Feeling like shit actually makes me weaker, and I don't sleep. Not worth a couple of weeks of being strong. I think there's a couple of good points on that one. Masha, why don't you comment on that one? Yeah, I mean, let me start with the stuff that you've already mentioned, Steve. Most of the pro-hormones wasn't pro-hormones. They were steroids. And as I just mentioned earlier, there's there are hundreds of steroids. I think it's 120-something steroids. And most of those didn't make it because they were weak or they had too many side effects and whatever else. And other steroids, the ones that did get to market, did the job. So the whole pro-hormone, especially Superdrol, was a steroid under a different name. And until the government caught on, that's the reason they could be legally sold, as you say, to an 18-year-old with a credit card. So I would say the same thing again. If it's as much of an issue as he says it is, why is he still using it? Why, why is he using that when he could use something else? I would actually, part of the problem, you know, I think the problem with the Superdrol, Steve, is people still don't treat it as an actual steroid they still think somehow it's safer in his own comments says that that's not the case literally he gets great he gets strong two weeks he feels fine the, the numbers are going up in the gym he's hitting prs but four weeks in he feels like shit and he has to come off don't do don't use it then there are other things you can do 
I, I get it. Sometimes we fixate on a certain steroid that we want to try or that we had great success with before. And I'm probably as guilty of this. I suspect Stephen Steve has been, and he talked about the ball just now. You change things because sometimes you have to change things. You don't need to use Super Joel if it's as bad as you say. In the circumstances that he's given Steve, I'd use Anavar. Milder, less side effects, arguably, with the possible exception of the pumps, which you can take touring for. Uh, great for my personal strength, et cetera, et cetera. So why would I choose a Super Joel when I can take Anavar and I'm going to have less issues? Again, it's that sort of situation, guys. I understand why you're saying that you get you've had success with it in terms of your strength but it's so bloody horrible after four weeks that you have to come off then don't use it use something else that's 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 the again we have these podcasts and we give you other options we even do it sometimes on the trend type podcast Steve, when we give alternates and we say you know uh lower the dose change how you use it time on time off multiple cycles through the year that are short and so on and so forth so you don't have to stay on and have horrible side effects if that's if it's that bad of a drug, a national personal experience. So why do something that's going to fuck you up? No, there's no need to. There are other choices and there are other options, and we try to give you those in the podcast. So one more is kind of a hater comment, and um, I'll comment on it, let Mobster comment. He says, don't run Superdrawl alone. Fucking ridiculous. Run 200 to 400 milligrams of tests with it. You'll thank me later, so will your old lady. So this is a, another bro science that we hear a lot. I deal with this with my clients a lot who come to me. They always think I need a testosterone base with everything. So Superdrol is one of those that I always recommend running it by itself. All right. You, you, you're, or you can use it, you know, as a light kicks are very light, but if you're going to run a full dose of 30 milligrams or 40 milligrams of Superdrol, you do not want to stack another steroid with it. The side effects are going to be absolutely atrocious. And look, I just talk, I just mentioned about the jaundice issue. You will get liver failure if you start stacking other steroids with Superdol. It's that toxic. If you stack testosterone with it at 400 milligrams, like this guy suggests, you're in for a rude awakening because not only are you going to get more androgenic side effects, which are going to cause your blood pressure and everything to skyrocket, but you're also going to get estrogenic side effects, which is also going to cause your blood pressure to skyrocket. So you're getting a ton of blood pressure problems on the Super Bowl by itself, okay, more than any other steroid and hitting you like a ton of bricks, and you're going to run testosterone on top of it, which is going to give you even more androgenic side effects, and then you're going to run and get estrogenic side effects on top of it. It doesn't make sense, bro. So I'm saying run Super Droll solo this way, you don't get massive side effects and you don't get end up getting to give yourself a stroke. So this is a misconception. Guys don't understand. You will get shut down with or without using testosterone. Okay. It doesn't matter. You're getting tons of hormones from the super droll going into your system. You're getting tons of male hormones going tons in your system. You don't need testosterone with it. You don't want testosterone with it. So I disagree with Brian Moore. Um, so I'm look at the end of the day, you know, you don't want to listen, go ahead and run 400 milligrams of tests with super droll, come back to me. And then you can start complaining. Oh, I have liver damage. Oh, I have kidney damage. Oh, I have high yeah. blood pressure. Oh, I can't yeah. sleep at night. You're going to come back and start bitching about your side effects and you're going to regret it. Mobster, you come out. Steve, yeah. Have you, I've, I've stood at my local gym and I love the fellas down there and I love my local gym as well as my own gym here. 
But some of the conversations that the guys are having is based on personal experience. Some of it's based on what they've had a conversation with a mate. It's a bit like discussing football or or hockey or sex or whatever, especially when you're drunk. It's that kind of, it made sense at the time. But when you look back on it in the morning, Steve, you think, what the fuck was I talking about? Why did they have that conversation? So how many times have you and I heard you got to have a testosterone base? That stuff's been doing around since before I was born, never mind since when I started taking PDs 15, 20 years ago, whatever it is now. I, I've never, never needed to run. I would say, you know, I can think of different cycles that I've run, and I've run a bunch of products where I didn't have, quote, unquote, a testosterone base, and I've been successful in the particular choices that I've made for, for my competitions and the records and stuff that I've got. And, you know... <laughs> Uh, so it's it's rubbish, basically. Um, and, and it's one of those kind of logic fails. You're already, as you say, Steve, using a harsh in terms of side effects drug. Why do I would then want to add something else that's going to stress my body on top? I've again, don't need to super drill. I'd rather run the testosterone on its own. As a great example, Steve, and I've used this analogy a bunch of times, and this is more personal experience than anything else. How many times have you and I said or heard me say, I don't get on with testosterone in amphate, and yet my buddies absolutely loved it. So the logic would say, oh, they think it's great. They're having success, therefore I should. Nope, never did. Never never felt great on it. Never felt one way or the other. Didn't affect, make any effect to me. And it felt like a weak form of testosterone for me in terms of the effects and my strength and whatever else. And yet logic would suggest that that was wrong. So it's, it's, it's a science what we need to do with, not the logic in this particular example. What? what we think versus what we know and what's been proven. And therefore the argument here is it kind of makes sense, but in reality it doesn't work out the way people think it does. So you do not need, some do, but it is not a rule, it is not a law that you must have a testosterone base or some form of testosterone with something else. And of course, logic foul, all bloody steroids, especially anabolic ones, are forms of testosterone. So you're only asking about which kind of form of testosterone, really. That includes the superdrol being used with a form of testosterone. It is a steroid. It is a form of testosterone. It's just to get, you know, we're starting to be pedantic. Listen, results matter. Side effects matter. Did you get lean? Did you get strong? Did you have no next to no side effects? Right. You've had an amazing cycle. That's what matters. The rest is just personal experience, what we heard from a buddy, and not really science. And even the science is based on medical stuff, very rarely based on performance enhancing juices and the dosages that we use. So, again, stuff that we were talking I mean, again, cycles we did 20, 30 years ago in the 60s and 70s, 40 years ago, Steve, 60 years ago, hell, versus what we do now have changed. Some of that science, including pyramiding, is, is completely negated. We don't do some of those things. So the idea that we're still talking about something from 30 years ago that wasn't logical then, and saying it's logical now doesn't make any sense to me. So back to you on that one. Okay, so there's another video. This is on the Mint video, and we had some um, some comments on that one, a bunch of comments on Mint. Um, Turbo D, he actually edited this comment, so I don't know what his original comment was. But it was something talking about how I had said that nandrolones show up as testosterone on blood work. So I'm not really sure why he's mentioning it in the mint uh, video. But um, he really makes a um, a snarky comment on that. He puts like um, like crying emojis and says, what the fuck? So 
actually Joshua Kevin Perry responds to him. So this is a situation where you guys out there are are doing our work for us, Mobster. I like this. I love it. And this guy comes back and he corrects him. He says, no, he says regular Roche slash E-L-I-A testosterone blood work shows nandrolone as testosterone, whereas the sensitive doesn't. So he basically answers the question right there. So if you come on the forum, I have a blood work thread and I actually yep. explain why that happens. Also, in some blood work, Trenbolone will show up as estriol, as estrogen. So a lot of people will run Tren and they'll run tests with it and then they'll see the estrogen numbers like sky high and they're like, what's going on? I'm running an AI. It shouldn't be this way. Well, it's because Trenbolone can show up as estrogen in certain blood work. So again, you come on the forum, you check out my blood work thread. I will lay out which blood works to get, which blood works not to get. So if you go to your doctor and you get blood work, you get the regular blood work, there's a good chance if you're running any type of nandrolone and some the testosterone derivative steroids that it will show up as testosterone in the blood work. So that that's that's how it is. So you have to make sure you get the right blood work. So at the end of the day, this is an example of someone he's trying to make a smart ass comment yeah. and he he basically looks like a fool on on that. So that's something this as well, Steve. Mm -hmm. Let me answer this as well, right? So you're not having a drug test that's testing you for specific steroids. You're having a blood test. And your doctor, unless he's a some sort of steroid doctor, is not really looking to see what kind of steroids you're using when he gives you a blood test, right? So he and most of the doctors that are doing this are not endocrinologists, again, who might be familiar with the fact that you're an athlete, quote unquote, and or using performance enhancing drugs. So what are they looking for, Steve? They're looking for health markers. You've asked for a blood test to, for example, to see how much bound and free testosterone you've got. You're looking for blood lipids and so on and so forth. So now we're going to debate the idea of how something might show up. Yes, we would. And again, you've just covered it already, Steve, that there might be certain particular markers that are confused. But we would, again, Steve would ask you on the forum, what was your cycle? Can I see the results of your blood tests and so on? Steve has great knowledge on this, but way above mine in this particular example. I know what the markers are for, for bound and free and health markers and what's you should, for example, avoiding creatinine before, you know, creatine before of test and dieting and fasting and all those kind of things. Coming off drugs actually is a good idea. But the idea that we can de de debate the semantics of what shows up and what doesn't show up, it's not really important, isn't it, Steve? It's just whether you're getting great results or not. Uh, and if it was a drug test that was going to test you for the fact that you were using steroids, then it would be an issue. It might be an issue in terms of lipids and profiles and stuff, but Steve's got you covered. He would ask those questions. This is the reason why that's a false value, because you're taking this and it's come up in the wrong way. However, he would then look at the rest of the blood test and say, hang on. So we know that it converts to this. It knows it might show that as that as your blood test. And therefore, actually, overall, it's a good blood test or it's a bad blood test. And then again, we could fix that. So that's really the issue. That's what we want the blood test for. They're healthy, isn't it, Steve? It's the CMH testosterone in your body. Is a steroid stack good? Or are you ill and unwell? That's pretty much it. The rest is semantics. The rest is just arguing how something's going to show up in a blood test. I, all I want to know, Steve, is, is my, my, my stack good? And am I healthy? That's pretty much the bottom fucking line every single time. Like I said, most MDs won't have a clue. Not all endocrinologists are going to be performance enhancing drug educated. Uh, and again, it's us looking at blood tests, asking about your stack, and then being, we would recognize that that comes up. Again, we try to 
we're not going to go into the specifics of a person's individual response on a podcast. That's impossible. We literally have to have on a Q&A with that particular person what they're doing, what their body – and that's very individual. And then, again, is it important to the outcome of the blood test? No, not really. So it's it's semantics. I like the debate. I like the fact that there was a comeback from from another customer. We like those kind of feedbacks. I don't even mind the fact it was snarky, Steve, because if nothing else, we can have this conversation right now that we have it better you. So one more really quick I wanted to throw in here. Uh, this was one about um, uh, also on the men episode. Um, There's one a, a comment, a couple of comments here. It says, you guys have a good channel. Feel like you should have way more views, but thanks for putting out the content for us. So guys, one of the reasons, you know, um, we're on so many different platforms, so it's kind of spread out. So we'll have this many views on this platform, this many views. Well, obviously, the most of our views are going to be right on the evolutionary.org website where you can listen to the podcast. So you don't have to listen to us through one of these social media sites. You can just literally come to the forum and listen to the podcast. So that's, you know, that's where we get the bulk of the views. So if we get like, 5,000 views on YouTube, for example, that doesn't mean that that's all our views. So we're not like primarily on YouTube. So a lot of you who just use YouTube or just use Apple or just use whatever, we're not just on there. So if we're getting thousands of views there, we're, we're getting like more like tens of thousands of views on the Evo uh, website itself. So that kind of answers that one. And then the last one, um, this is ties into what we talked about earlier. He says, Actually, the 7A methyl estrogen is much stronger than regular estradiol, but doesn't keep the body healthy, so test is required. It's similar to D-ball, but more androgenic and injectable. So this one, look, at the end of the day, you know, this is a kind of a weird comment because you're saying if I run testosterone with men, it's going to make my body healthier. And if you run blood work and you run your lipids and you get your blood pressure checked, your cholesterol checked, you'll find out pretty quick that you're wrong on that because there's no way that you can add testosterone to any cycle and actually have your blood pressure improve or have your cholesterol improve. More gear added to a cycle does not make a cycle more healthy. So this in itself is bro science. That was sent in by Michael Voden leak. Um, so look at the end of the day, again, it's bro science. Mobster and I touched on it earlier, but you can't keep saying if I run testosterone with this steroid or run testosterone with that steroid, it's going to make the this, this cycle more healthy because that's just not how this works. The more gear you run, the yeah. more side effects you're going to get. Now, the exception would be in Provirin's case because you can run Provirin with a Nandrolone and the Provirin will offset the, 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 the hormones. And so where you could run aromasin, which is not an anabolic steroid, it's it's a drug. You can run aromasin in a cycle and help disable the estrogen enzyme. So in those particular situations like that, you could run something, a drug or a compound or a hormone or something, and that could offset some side effects. But to think that you could add testosterone to a cycle and reduce estrogen side effects and reduce androgenic side effects, that doesn't make any sense. No. I'll touch on this one, Steve, again, right? So um, 
I will have been guilty myself when I was a lot younger and when the internet first started of saying what was off the top of my head based on my experience and my knowledge at the time. Here's what I do now. And I've actually said I do this specifically if I'm going to try a new steroid myself. I should know by now the, pretty much the the, 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 the schoolboy level of most anabolic steroids that we've used in performance on action drugs. And then I've got specific personal experience and some more knowledge on one or two over others. But what do I do? If I'm going to try something new, I go and look it. I, I've even listened to our own podcast because I've sat down and researched that podcast. It doesn't mean I've retained the bloody information, Steve. I do retain a lot, but not everything. So I go back and refresh my memory. I go back and look stuff up. I'll go back and check the science. I'll go back and not just check the science or the piece of information on one page or one form or one thread. I do a multiple so that I get a good broad consensus of what's true, what's not true, and so on and so forth. It's very easy in these circumstances, and I'm going to use Trent as a great example, Steve, to come on a forum and say something, and how many times have we seen this, including on a UK forum, up the trend, up the trend, up the trend. And there are people that absolutely love it and think it's the best drug ever and how they fit. They feel like God's winner on it. It's the golden nectar when you're looking at the bottle and the results are of it don't compare to anything else. But of course, we know that the side effects can be horrendous. The anxiety issues for some people is crazy and so on and so forth. So it's very easy sometimes to say, well, I think this is what would happen and say that and then be wrong. And that's fine. I don't mind being wrong because how we learn by making mistakes and being wrong and being corrected. Hell, Steve's done that a couple of times on the podcast, and I've had to go back and say, hang on, Steve's correct. He's got more knowledge on that subject. That's fine. And again, that's the reason why we do this podcast, Steve. That's the reason why we put that stuff out. As you say, I can maybe kind of see where he's coming from, but the reality is he's adding yet more of a stressor, an anabolic steroid. There's no argument. We're not using it for medical reasons, and at medical dosages, we're using something that's trying to make us grow muscle and get strong in a very short period of time, even if it's only eight, 12 weeks, whatever, relative to what the normal situation was without steroids. And therefore, it's a kind of stress on the body. So adding something that's going to cause more stress, there needs to be logic. So, for example, it might mean you could do that, but you'd need to lower the dosages of both and so on and so forth. So you start to get into that. And again, that would be, again, for the average person who's this weight and this height and this age and this sex and so on. You need a bit more than just saying, if I had a test, it's going to be better, because that doesn't make sense. It might be that that's, you balanced it with something else in the past, and it did work, or it was a different performance-enhanced drug with tests and so on. So there are so many parameters at, at play there that I'd question it. And number one, and this would be good, Steve, prove it. Say what you said and prove it, and then maybe we can learn something from you if you're correct. But in this set of circumstances, I don't think so. But it's, I'm glad that they made the comment because we go off and we get educated and we double check. And then they go away and they've learned something. So that's exactly the reason why we do this podcast again, Steve. Any more on them? Or, or, or shall we crack on? Yeah, so the next episode, we're going to do more. So check out the next episode that we do. And that's going to be um, episode number 573. So if you like these, check out 573 next. Thank you very much, guys. Give us more feedback and more comments. We love this stuff. Please note, we are not doctors and the opinions are ours. It's our show and based on our experience and views on the topic. Our podcast are for informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.